Hello and welcome to the Doctor Family podcast. This week we reached a thousand listens, so thanks to all of you who've taken the time to listen to our podcasts. One of our family's favourite films is Mary Poppins, and today's episode is inspired by my favourite song from this movie, A Spoonful of Sugar. You know the one, the nanny is trying to encourage the children to tidy up the nursery by making it less of a bore, turning it into a game while singing, while she later manages then to get them to take their medicine by equally magically turning their medicine into something that tastes good. The song, which is written by the incredible Sherman brothers who wrote a lot of the Disney tunes at that time, was inspired by one of their children telling them all about their polio vaccine they'd received at school. Instead of being delivered as the dreaded injection, they got it as a sugar lump on a spoon, which was far more appealing. The story of the song raises an interesting problem that we regularly face in general practice, and that is how can we help our patients take the medicine they need for their health while it's often rather unpleasant or difficult to take. As a GP, I often have to think about the form of medicine I give And it's not just for the children that I treat that can be a problem. Some people, for medical reasons, are unable to swallow any solids at all, let alone tablets. All of us have to learn how to swallow in our childhood. And when you think about the act of swallowing, it's a fascinating and coordinated movement of a large number of muscles, both of the mouth, the tongue and the throat. They coordinate together to produce a swallowable ball of food or a bolus, which they have to then move to the back of the mouth and then swallow. We perform this effortlessly for years until sadly something like a stroke robs us of this basic power. As we're learning to eat solids, we also learn to detect things that we shouldn't be swallowing in our mouths, such as bits of bone, hair or other hard items that have found their way in there that shouldn't have done. So our mouths are primed to feel for things that really shouldn't be swallowed. Pills really don't feel like something to us that should be swallowed. And so in order to get over that, we need to relearn how to swallow with a tablet. This is often something that takes place in our older childhood, and a good many people persist in struggling with pills well into adulthood. This is again something I'm going to say, people need to learn the skill of being able to swallow tablets. There are a number of tips that we can give you to learn how to swallow tablets, which we'll touch on later, but for the moment, let's start thinking about the alternatives to tablets, which we often use for children or adults who are unable to swallow tablets for medical reasons. If I go back to my own childhood, My memory tells me that most of my trips to the doctor resulted with me coming away with a bottle of yellow banana medicine. This tasted pretty good to me and I don't think my parents had too much of a struggle to get me to take it. This illustrates that some medicines can be made to be palatable and in a liquid form that people won't struggle with to swallow because the texture is quite familiar to us. So if medicines can be prepared like this, why aren't all of them delivered as liquids as standard? Now, looking into this, it turns out there's a bit of a rabbit hole. Palatability, the flavour and taste of the medicines, well, some of them just are so nasty they just can't be disguised. I still remember working as a junior doctor in paediatrics and asking a nurse whether he could give a patient a medicine, handing them the prescription charts and then handing it back laughing, saying, if you want them to take that you can give it yourself and I suggest you give it to them in the bath because they're likely to be spitting it straight back up. Now the medicine I'd given was the correct one according to the guidelines for the treatment of that condition. However, being a sensible man, I listened very carefully to the advice I was given and chose an alternative. What other reasons are there for not being able to give drugs as a liquid? Well, any time a drug is developed by a drug company, they need to do an awful lot of testing and then get licenses for that drug which say they are safe to use in certain circumstances. A lot of drug companies do not then look at the liquid form of the medicine 
and are therefore not going to take on the extra cost of developing and licensing those forms. Often these drugs are available as what is known as a special, but these are non-licensed versions that the prescriber themselves takes on an additional risk in prescribing, and this is not something that prescribers are likely to take on lightly. Another consideration is shelf life. Liquid medications often have a much shorter shelf life, which would also can cause significant issues for storage in the supply chain. Many of them would have to be kept in the fridge as well, which is a further consideration. Drug companies have also got very clever at preparing medicines in ways that they'll be delayed in their release. This will allow you to take fewer tablets or medicine doses during the course of the day, but still have the active level of medicine within the body. Others are prepared so that they'll be released at certain parts of the gut. This is obviously considerably more difficult to achieve with a liquid. Volume of liquid is another consideration. If you think about 2 paracetamol, the adult dose given, as a suspension you'd be having to take 4 5 milliliter medicine spoons, which is an awful lot of sticky, gloopy medicine to get down your throat up to 4 times a day. The last reason I'm going to mention why liquid medicines are not always first choice, but I'm sure there are others, is cost. Let me give you an example. A prescription for the antibiotic nitrofurantoin, which is given for a urinary tract infection, would cost for a tablet around £4. For the same course of antibiotic as a liquid version, it could cost up to £525. This is a significant increase in cost. While not all medicines available as liquids and tablets have such stark differences in their prices, I'm sure you can imagine how costs like this add up and how we need to consider very carefully which ones we use to make sure that the NHS's resources are used wisely. I suspect in countries without this sort of system, where the patient pays directly for their medications at cost price, this pill-liquid choice would be thought through very carefully by the patient as well. There was recently a paper published in the British Medical Journal. I'll put a link to this paper in the show notes as well as to the show's webpage covering this subject. And in it, they looked at a number of tips and tricks for getting medicines into patients safely and with the least discomfort and I'm going to share some of these with you just now. Getting a child, or an adult for that matter, to take a nasty tasting medicine. Well, there's the old faithful of trying a tasty chaser, or as a reward, or to take the taste away once they've managed to get the medicine down. If smell of the medicine is an issue, then holding the nose or having a strong but pleasant smelling item under the nose is obviously another way of disguising it. One of the innovative ways that I'd not really considered before was trying to freeze the taste buds with an ice lolly ahead of the medicine hoping that by the time things have thawed out, you've already got the medicine down your throat. If, however, you're considering putting the medicine into food, then there are two things you need to consider. One, you need to make sure that the entirety of the food which has got the medicine in it is eaten, so that the right dose is given. And also, you need to check with the pharmacist that the medicine in particular is valid to be given in that way. Certain foods are, unfortunately, going to block the absorption of certain medicines Therefore, this should definitely be checked with a pharmacist ahead of time. Okay, now, the bit you've possibly been waiting for, how to get those pesky pills down. So, in order to train yourself in this important life skill, it's definitely worth putting in a bit of time. Start off with something small and simple, such as a small sweet like a Smarty or Tic Tac, and see how you can do with swallowing that hole. You won't then mind if it accidentally gets chewed on the way down. Just make sure that your mouth is well lubricated and not too dry. And you could slowly build up to slightly bigger sweets to ensure that you're able to swallow pills of all sorts. 
The new learning for me on reading this study in the British Medical Journal was that looking at head position while swallowing was significant. Contrary to what I'd thought, where perhaps throwing the head back might be the way to get the pills down more easily, they found that patients who turned their head to one side found it considerably easier to swallow pills, rather than looking straight ahead on either tipping the head forwards or back. Of course, if all this fails, just listen to Mary Poppins and try a spoonful of sugar. I hope you found this podcast diverting, and if you've enjoyed it, please listen to our others. Get in touch with us via our website or Facebook, and you can subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you like, or sign up to our email list so that you get notified every time we produce a new one. Thanks ever so much for listening, and until next time, I will leave you as ever with the fabulous music of Drew Worthley. Goodbye. Is on my coaster, his wreath and gold stars, his revolutions a sad face.